I read this in a book. It was an opening chapter, a foreword, where this guy had written in the book. I don't remember what book it was. It was a book by Dr. Miles Monroe. And he said, behind every brain or every physical organ, there is a mind. Behind the mind, there are thoughts. Behind those thoughts is a shaper, one who shapes people's thoughts. And behind every shaper, there is a motive. And you have to ask yourself, what is the motive of the person that you're allowing to shape your thinking? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'll be very transparent with you. My only motive is that you have a relationship with God. That's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in your money. I'm not interested in you serving. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. The only thing I'm interested in is your heart getting pure before God, you knowing God, coming to know His voice, and allowing Him to lead and guide you into everything that He's prepared for your life. See, I understand I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account. I know that. And those that are teachers and leaders in the body will be judged on a stricter level than you will be. And I'm not interested in manipulating people. I've been in places. People that have a leadership gift understand the hearts of people. And they have the ability to manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. And I've seen it. I don't like being manipulated. Anybody like that? Used? Taken advantage of? And I said it in Kickstart this morning. I said it's really, really important for you to understand that you have the choice between life and death. You have to choose if you're going to serve God or not. But I'm not dangling carrots in front of you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm going to show you where the water is. I'm going to do my best to lead by example and love you. But you have to make the decision that you're going to walk it out. Amen. And I'm not here to pay your bills. I'm not here to come visit you in your house. Are you with me? I'm not here to be your best friend and be homies and hang out. I am a gift to this house to lead you into a growing relationship with the Lord, to teach you how to live by faith. Now, I'm friendly, absolutely, and I hang out when I can. But that's not my role. Are you with me? And so my primary purpose to you is to help you get your relationship with God right. And I encourage you to recognize that as my purpose. When I had an encounter with the Lord on October 29th, 2007, the Lord spoke to me and He said, The enemy's plan is to divide and conquer, but I have called you. So I know what my assignment is. God called me to do what? To restore relationships so my people can prosper. My job is to help you find a relationship with the Lord for what purpose? So you can prosper in every area of your life. And I'm telling you, if you will just commit yourself firmly to coming to the house, to to going through the process we've set up, we're going to lead you out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and into the promised land. We're going to bring you to a place where you know the voice of God and a stranger's voice you will not follow. We're going to bring you to a place where all your sin and all your mess from your old life has gone bye-bye. 
It's going to be cut off. It's no longer going to be part of your life. You'll be a brand new creation in Christ Jesus with a relationship with God. And the only thing in front of you is your destiny in Christ. And every spiritual blessing made available to you through the finished work of the cross. Can I get an amen? And so family, we're on a mission. We're on a mission to get people's hearts cleaned and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you. Awesome. You got the Holy Ghost? I remember driving down Oleander Avenue a couple of years ago. It was a Sunday morning, and I heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit is God. That's all I heard. Say that, the Holy Spirit is God. So where is God the Father? He's in heaven. Where is Jesus? At His right hand. He ascended and He's seated at the right hand of God, the Father with all authority, power, name above every name. What is He holding? The keys to death and the grave. What has He done? He's given the church authority to set people free from the law of sin and death and bring them under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's our assignment, to restore people back to God. Can I get an amen? Where is the Holy Ghost? On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And everybody in that upper room was filled with the Holy Spirit. What did they receive? Power. Look at the person next to you. Say, when the Holy Ghost came, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is not tongues. It's power. What is the power? The power to live over sin and death. No longer does sin have power over you. No longer does death have power over you. You have eternal life and you will live for eternity with God. And when you die, you will be resurrected and you'll get a glorified body. Can I get an amen? That is the hope. Hasn't happened yet. I'm ready to get rid of this body and get my Thor body. Can I get an amen? You got to see me in the spirit, baby. I think we should design a mirror. It's called a spirit mirror. Every time you step in front of it, you see yourself as like a super. Ah, I'm going to do that just for fun. Some image of you in your glorified body with your long flowing hair and sparkle in your eyes. Light coming through every cell of your body. No wrinkles. Come on now. And then you have some dramatic music playing in the background, you know. So when you leave your bathroom in the morning, you are supercharged. Do you know who I am? I'm Elastigirl. Show them who you are. Some people are like, what is he talking about? When my kids were young, we had Incredibles. And I watched that thing like a thousand times. You knew the words before they happened. Amen. So anyway, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We're different. We're free. I don't have any other agenda except the presence. Amen. And we're a family. Look at the person next to you. Say, we're family. We are family. We sing together. We dance together. We eat together. Sometimes we cry together. But we do life together. And you have to ask yourself this question. Who is your pastor? Who is the spiritual gift God assigned you to? 
Because there's five, there's a fivefold gifting in the body of Christ. And they are the authority, they're God's government in the earth. There's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. They're there to equip us to do the work of ministry and to perfect us. Can I get an amen? You can read that in the book of Ephesians. If you're not submitted to a spiritual gift, because there are gifts given to the body for the perfecting of the saints, for the equipping of the saints, if you do not recognize who your spiritual authority is and submit to it, you're not going to grow. And that means you've got to get rooted and grounded. That means you have to surrender your life. Look at the person next to you. Tell them you've got to surrender. But we're in this Western culture, and, you know, nobody likes being told what to do. I'm an American. And when you become a citizen of the kingdom, you give up your American citizenship. You no longer identify as an American. You identify as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. That's your new identity. You're not Puerto Rican. You're not Arab. You're not German. You're not English. You're a saint. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a priest. You're a king. Can I get an amen? That's your new identity. That's the new life. That's the new person in Christ Jesus. You're not the old guy from that little town. <laughs> That's not who you are anymore. You're a new creation in Christ. And you are a spirit. Say this really loud so that everybody can hear you. Say, I am a spirit. Say it one more time. Say, I am a spirit. A couple of weeks ago, I laid this foundation where we went through Genesis chapter 1. And we spoke about how God created everything. And we took a look at how God, when He decided to make the earth and He decided to put vegetation on the earth, He had from the earth plants and all kinds of things come up out of the soil. When God decided to make the fish, He took water and dirt and put fish in the water. When he decided to do the birds, he took gas and he took soil and he made a bird so it could fly in the sky. But when God made man, he didn't, he didn't go anywhere else but to himself. And he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And so God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And if God is spirit and we're made in His image, then we are from God's spirit. We are spirit. And spirit is eternal. It will live forever. Look at the person next to you and tell them, when your body dies, your spirit's coming out. And your spirit, man, is who you really are. And your spirit will never die. Not going to die. And how you live your life on earth is going to determine how you live in eternity. Look at the person next to you. Tell him you cannot live wrong and die right. Doesn't work. And if you're just hoping to make it in, you're in trouble. And if you say, well, I got my grace card. I'm making it in. I'm going to live any way I want. You're in trouble. Because let me tell you this, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He said he was. 
I'll be back. That's what he said to his disciples. Actually, it was the angels that, that appeared after he gave him the Great Commission, and he was being taken up into the air. It was ascending, and two angels appeared, and they said, Men, why do you stare thee into the sky? Because that's how they spoke in those days, Elizabethan English. Why dost thou starest into the skyeth? In the same manner that you have seen him goeth, he shalleth returneth. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> Something to ponder. And so he's coming back, family. Before he comes back for the second time, he's coming to take the church home. Look at somebody say, before he touches on the ground for a second time, there's the end of the church age. And the Holy Spirit, the same way he came, he's going to leave with the saints, with the bride, and with the church. And I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss that occasion. If we are alive when he comes to take the church, where are we going? We're going to go for the marriage supper. If, when he comes back to take the church and we are alive, there's going to be like in a twinkling of an eye, whatever that is. A blink of an eye. Like they were doing on the thing. In the blink of an eye, you will be transformed. I imagine you're just driving down the road. You listen to, I know. I know. And you're in your husband's face. I know. And wham. Suddenly. Say suddenly. Your body transforms into a body of light. And you are sucked up into the sky. I don't know what's going to happen to the vehicles that are driving. I don't know what's going to happen on earth. But if you've watched Endgame, it might be something like that. And I wonder, you know, I'm like, why would they, why would they show a movie, a Marvel movie that was like epic, 10 years of like grab your heart and take you through a story and develop all these characters. And then at the end of it, they actually have half the planet disappear. You think they're preparing the world for something? So that when it happens, oh, it was Loki and Thanos. <laughs> oh, it was Thanos. He snapped his finger. We knew it was coming. And then we're going to have AI try to travel through time to bring everybody back. But I'm telling you, that day is coming, church. And we're going to be ready. This house will be ready. And the Bible says he's coming as a thief in a night. It'll come when you don't know the time or the hour. And that's why you've got to expect his return daily. You've got to live like he's coming now. Can I get an amen? And if there's no urgency in your life, then there's no reason for you to, to um, conform yourself and to fear God. And that's what we were talking about last week. We we're talking about fearing the Lord. And the Bible commands us in the book of Deuteronomy that we must fear the Lord. And fear isn't a bad thing. Look at the person next to you tell them fear isn't bad. Fear is necessary. Fear is one of your emotions that are required 
that, that prepare you to deal with danger or to determine if there's a dangerous situation that you need to flee from so that you can protect yourself from harm or death. Fear is needed. And we talk about being afraid and we hate being afraid, but you're not going to eradicate fear from your life. Just like you're not going to eradicate hunger from your life. Just not like you're not going to be able to eradicate sleep from your life. It's just part of your human nature that God put there. Say, fear is good. It is good. It protects you. You should have a fear. You should understand the fear of getting hit by a motor vehicle driving at 50 miles an hour. Because if you don't have that fear on the inside of you, You'll cross the road thinking you're invincible and that cars can't hurt you. And so you need to have a fear of things. I need to watch out. I need to have this fear that says to me, if I step in front of that vehicle going 50 miles an hour, I've got broken bones for sure. Internal bleeding, absolutely. Probably external bleeding, very likely. Hospitalization, definite. <laughs> Death, possible. And so fear tells you, if you break this thing, if you, if you do what you know you shouldn't do, you're going to be in trouble and it's going to hurt you. And it's the same thing with the fear of the Lord. When we break His commandments, pain is coming. Look at the person next to you and tell him, according to the Bible, Galatians. Let's go there before we quote it. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7 and 8. Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant, or you will always sow, reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest death and decay from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So don't be mocked. Don't be fooled. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. If you sow into the flesh, you'll reap death and corruption. If you sow into the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. And so you are a spirit man. God created in the image of God. And God put you in a physical body here in the earth. Your body is important. Look at the person next to you. Tell him your body is vital. It is your earth suit. You don't take care of your earth suit and it breaks, you don't get another one. The doctors can try and repair you, but it's important that you take care of this temple because this temple houses your spirit. Your spirit, man, like if you want to go to the moon, right? Anybody want to do that? No, nobody? Yeah, me neither. It's pointless. It's like no oxygen up there, no water up there. There's aliens, you know, you got to watch out for those guys. The man on the moon. But if you want to go to the moon, let's just pretend, okay, we all want to go to Mars. All right? So if you want to go to the moon or you want to go to Mars, you need to wear, an, you need to wear a spacesuit so that your body can survive on that planet. If you want to go under the water, is this true? You want to go underwater? Anybody want to do that? Some people. If you want to go scuba diving or you want to go under the water deep down, you got to put on a wetsuit, right? And you got to put on some oxygen so that you can survive under the water. 
And it's the same thing if you want to get into the kingdom of God. The way that you enter into the kingdom of God is you've got to get a spirit suit. You've got to get the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you say, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have visions, you will dream dreams, and you will prophesy. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, God, the Holy Spirit awakens you to the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit begins to show you the things in God's kingdom. He begins to show you who you are. Look at the person next to you and tell him, do you know who you are? Psalm 139, 13 through 18. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You're one of a kind. I don't know if you know that. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Look at the person next to you and tell them, God knew you. God saw you before you were born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are the thoughts, your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you're still with me. Isn't that powerful? So that means God has got some things that He thinks about you that He wrote in a book before you were born. Look at the person next to you. Tell him, God has got some stuff your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into your heart what God has prepared for those who love Him. So the Bible says that if you love God, you'll obey God. When you make a decision that you're going to start obeying the commands of God and you're going to surrender your life to serve God, you're going to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're going to love your neighbor as you do yourself. When you go on this journey to live a life that's pleasing to God, God begins to unlock in you the things that He prepared for you before the foundation of the world. He begins to open the doors so that you can walk into the good life that He's prepared for you. Can I get an amen? And this is what we want you to tap into. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, this gets even better. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Look at the person next to you and tell him before you had a body, before your body was knit together in your mother's womb, God knew who you were. But tell me, how is that? If I'm just a body, how could God know me before I had a body? It's because you're not a body, you're a spirit. Look at the person next to you say, you're a spirit, and God knew you as a spirit, as one of His kids, and He knitted a body, He watched it being formed in your mother's womb, and when you came through that birth canal, your spirit man was put in that body. Can I get an amen? Just like man took that first breath, you have got a breath that comes into you, and you come alive. Is this true? And there'll be a day when you exhale that breath and you will stand before God. And how you live on earth matters. But what I want to drive home to you today is that you are a spirit. And if you are a spirit, then you have to learn to walk in the spirit. Say, I've got to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Say, I'm a spirit made in the image of God. And I've got to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says that the word, Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. 
Say that. The words that Jesus speaks are spirit and life. Say it one more time. Say the words of Jesus are spirit and life. Go to Luke 4, verse 4. This is when the devil came to, to tempt him and say, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus responded, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone. And that Scripture there refers to a Scripture in Deuteronomy that says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Look at the person next to you. Say, The words of God are spirit, and they bring life. And you're not supposed to live on meat and chicken and salad alone. And those things are great, amen? Can we agree? To all the vegetarians, maybe not, but they're good. No judgment. The Bible says that we're to eat for our body to survive, but we're also supposed to eat of the Word of God to bring life to our spirit, man. And we're not supposed to just live by the written Word. We're supposed to live by the spoken Word. And in order for you to live by the spoken Word, it means you have to have a relationship with the Lord. You have to be able to come into His presence, panim face, so that you can hear Him speak to you. Can I get an Amen. And so it's important that we practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we don't push the Holy Spirit away from us by the way that we live. It's important that we don't insult the Spirit of grace, that we don't resist the Spirit of grace. Can I get an amen? We need to learn to cooperate and work with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit is God. Is this true? And Jesus sent Him here to the earth to lead us, to guide us, to teach us. To show us the things. He came to join to our spirit to give us the power. Because we've been, we've been raised from the dead. We've come out from under the law of sin and death. And we're now under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit joins to your spirit, you come to know him as Abba Father, my Father. You cannot know God without the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you and say, you cannot know God without the Holy Ghost. And God doesn't want you to live according to good and evil. He wants you to live according to life and life more abundantly. And where does that come from? It comes from His mouth. Go to, everybody tracking with me? Go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is probably my ultimate. It was one of the first chapters that I started reading when I got saved. And it is... Like, mm, Shaka Zulu, baby. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words with impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using... Clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. It says, yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, 
Not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimately, ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. And that is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now check this out. The things that God has for you, that He's prepared for you before the foundation of the world. The things that were thoughts in His head that He wrote in a book before one day of your life had passed. They are in God. Say they're in God. And how do we get them? It says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Capital S. Say, I'm not going to know the plans and the purposes that God has prepared for my life Without the Holy Ghost. Why? It says, for the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And no one can know a person's thoughts except that own person's spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. Why? So we can know. I know so that we can know. What is your name? Say it. How do you know your name? You just know that you know that you know. It's that same thing. You know that you know that you know the wonderful things God has freely given us. And God wants to reveal these things to you. When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you unlock God's mind concerning your life. You begin to see yourself through God's eyes. And there is a lot of resistance against the Holy Ghost, primarily because the Pentecostal church acted like chickens and people think it's nuts. You go to some churches, man, they took Pentecost to the realm of crazy. You watch videos online about crazy Pentecost. They're wild and stupid, but there's no power to transform you. And you can fake it, guys. But when you get the real thing, then you're under the blessing. And everything you touch prospers. Everywhere you go, God turns all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. When you know who you are and you know where you're seated, and you know there's no separation between you and the Lord, and you get the real Holy Ghost, not some fake little Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You get the real Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? Say there's no junior Holy Ghost. There's no senior Holy Ghost. There's one Holy Ghost. And when He shows up, He comes with fullness. Can I get an amen? And I tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, God comes and takes residence. Man, I, I want the glory of the Lord to fill the temple. There are moments in worship where the presence of God comes so strong on you that you can barely stand, where you begin to weep. Where you just close your eyes and the presence of God comes and it begins to open up mysteries. It begins to open up secrets. It begins to show you things about the kingdom. It begins to show you what's in the heart of God for your life. The whole purpose of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God is so that you can come to know your Heavenly Father. God wants to reveal Himself to His children. And God will tell you to do things like the Lord tells you to start a church. <laughs> He says, the enemy's plan is to divide and conquer. I called you to restore relationships so people can prosper. Okay, God, how do I do that? 
I don't know. God, I don't feel adequate. God, we don't have the money. God, God, you picked you pick the wrong person. How, God? And all you got to do is say, don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the when or the what or the money. Just say, yes, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. If that's what you said I'm called to do, then that's what I'm called to do. And I'm going to live like it. I'm going to walk it out and I'm going to trust you to lead me and guide me as I go. And it doesn't happen until you begin to take a step closer to God, to begin to search for the Lord. You have to seek the Lord. He's not coming to find you. Can I get an amen? You got to come to the place where you say enough is enough is enough. I'm not living this way anymore and I'm running after God with everything that I've got. Can I get an amen? And I tell you, God will begin to reveal things to you. And when you come to know his voice, it is the sweetest thing. It is a voice that you cannot mistake. And it doesn't have to be loud, but it is a still small voice on the inside of you. Even the whisper, you know who he is. You know that it's him speaking to you, leading you and guiding you. It's in your conscience. It's a little nudge. You know, when, when you're in a conversation and one of your, your spouse says something that they shouldn't be saying and you just look over him and you give him the eye? Well, that's all God has to do. He just leads you with his eye. It's a nudge on the inside where he, you can become so sensitive to him that you don't need him to rebuke you. You are just led by him. And there's a flow with God that you can learn. There's a flow to how he works and operates in your life. And when you and your spouse get in that flow together, you're unstoppable. Like, yeah, I guess so. Right, whatever, pastor. Say, I'm a spirit. And I have to be led by the spirit. And I cannot let my flesh lead me. That means you're not going to let, you're not going to let your emotions lead you. Let's start there. Look at the person next to you say, honey, it's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. I was listening to last week's message and I was brutal. Last week's message was brutal. I was listening to it. I was cringing. I was like, oh, Lord. That guy was angry. But I wasn't really. But it was hard, man. Listen, when I was up, I'm dealing with the, with the spirit of the fear of the Lord you, when, when the Lord showed me what to preach up here and told me that I needed to nail this thing, I laid it out there. I filleted that thing last week. Because I'm not trying to build some weak little church. I'm trying to build a strong church. Can we get an amen? And that means you're going to get what you need to get. We're going to shake everything out of you that should not be there. And it's the preaching of the word. It's like a fire. It's like a hammer and it breaks the rock. I tell you, there's times that I stand up here and I feel the presence of God come in me like, it's like a spirit of victory. It's the only way that I can, it's like a righteous anger. I can't explain it. It's not my hormones. It's not whatever. It's like a righteous boldness that comes in me. I feel like I can break things. I just feel like I can smash stuff. It's the weirdest thing. Some Greek plates. But I know in those moments, I know in those moments that it's by the Spirit because I'm not an angry person. I'm never like, I'm the chillest person on the planet. 
But in those moments when the Spirit of God comes, I know it's the anointing that's breaking things off people. It's breaking chains. It's, in the, it's the Spirit behind the words that comes from the Holy Ghost. A couple of weeks ago, I know I'm going off track, but it's fun. A couple of weeks ago, we were in a meeting here, and while I was standing in worship, I had a vision. The Holy Spirit came upon me in worship, and I had a vision of a priest standing in the room. And every time I think of this, whoo, it just wrecks me, man. I saw the Lord reveal himself to me as our high priest. And he was tall. He was in these robes, this priestly garment. He had this, I don't know what it's called on his head, but it looked like, it looked like a crown, but it wasn't quite a crown. It was like a priestly crown. And his garments were light. They were gold and yellow lights. It was living light. And as he was standing here in this room, I saw this light flowing from him like a river of light, like a river of life coming into the room. And there was a gentleman that was here for the very first time. He, um, he worked with emergency response. He was just in town. He came to our church for one service. I don't even know how he found us. And man, when I had that encounter with that, priest Melchizedek in the order of Melchizedek. When I got up here, I don't know what came over me, but I felt the anointing come on me and I was hammering stuff harder than I hammered last week Sunday. And I was hitting stuff and I was saying things that I don't normally say. And there were moments while I was speaking that I took a step back and I said, Nick, you need to chill out, bro. And after the service, that man came in the altar call after the service, he walked up to me, shaking under the power of God. And he was weeping, and he said to me, During the service, I saw a priest walk into this building with angels behind him that had swords drawn, and he said they were slaying things in the room. And then he said to me, Everything you preached and everything you said, I needed to hear. Because I was a multimillionaire. I had a business but I wasn't doing what the Lord required me to do, and I lost everything. He said, but I am getting my life right, and I'm going to do it right this time. And so when you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not led by some message that you put together and worked it out. You're allowing the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you in the things that you're doing so that you can minister life to the people around you. I'm not here to do what I want to do. I'm here to do what the Lord wants to do. And there's sometimes things in the room that need to get addressed. And if I just work a series and preach from my head, that's all you're going to get. What's in Nick's brain? But if we're going to draw it from the spirit realm, then we're going to speak life and the anointing is going to break the yoke. Can I get an amen? That's why we let God flow here. And we have to learn to get in the flow of the Spirit as a church so that we can see God do greater things through us. Can we get an amen? Yeah, let me, let me say that too. What am I telling you? I'm telling you how, I'm giving you a few snippets of how God works and leads us and guides us by His Spirit. That was an example. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll see things, you'll hear things, and you'll know things. Right? That means I'm the Lord's servant and I'm ready to do whatever you want to do in the moment. Not my will, but your will be done. And so I remember I was in a time of prayer uh, several last year sometime or maybe the year before. And in the time of prayer, what I usually do is I wait on the Lord. I'll put some 
instrumental music on. And I'll just wait to hear what the Lord has to say to me. I'm not praying. I'm not talking. I'm just silent saying, Lord, speak to me. Show me the things you want to show me. And um, in that time of prayer, I went into a vision. And the Lord, I was, it sounds crazy, but I was riding on the back of an eagle. It's the only way that I can describe it. And I saw myself sitting on this eagle flying. And then suddenly I became the eagle. And my arms became the wings. And as this bird was flying in the sky, I could feel the wind going through the eagle's feathers. And how the eagle could move with the wind currents by just adjusting its, its feathers to tap that wind stream. And in that moment, the Lord was teaching me how to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit in the meetings. You see, it's not just, oh, I had a vision. I was flying on the back of an eagle. Fabulous. Wonderful. Well, what did it do for you? How did it change you? What was the Lord trying to communicate to you? What was He trying to teach you in that moment? What was imparted into you? And from that moment on, there was a new sensitivity that I would have to the move of the Spirit in the services. That's how the Holy Spirit teaches you and trains you and prepares you and equips you for the work that He's called you to do. And there's assignments that God gives you. And in the assignment, if you will be willing to take the time to spend with Him, He'll give you the wisdom and He'll teach you by His Spirit how to do things. Everything that I learned about ministry, I learned from the Holy Ghost. I had a season of about nine months in South Africa before I came to America where heaven was open over my life and I tangibly felt the presence of God on me for nine months. And it was like... I was in school, in the school of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was catching me up like I had missed a lot. And He was doing a cram course in teaching me how things worked and operated, and then opened the doors for me to move to America and be in full-time ministry. And so when God has got a call for your life, and He's going to equip you, whether it's the business realm, whether it's the education realm, whether it's government, whatever industry God has called you to, there's an anointing for you to excel. There's a plan of God for you to go to the top. But when you get to the top, it's His name that you need to be promoting, not your name. And He wants to bring a godly order and structure in everything that you oversee so that His kingdom can come and His will can be done where you're not controlling people and manipulating people, but you're actually raising people up and bringing them into a structure of freedom where they can thrive and become everything God's called them to be. There's nothing worse than being under a structure that holds you back and keeps you down. But I'll tell you what, man, when God raises you up, Nothing can stop you. It doesn't matter what people do. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what comes against you. Huh? No weapon formed against you will prosper. If God is for you. And the thing is, you have to stay on the altar as a living sacrifice. You can't get off that altar. And that's what we've been teaching in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Bible says that when you've had your fill and when you're prosperous and when you're blessed... Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the Lord your God who delivered you out of Egypt. He's the one that delivered you out of sin and death. He's the one that broke you free. He's the one that brought you out. 
And we can forget the things that He has taught us and stop doing the things we used to do and we become comfortable. And when you get complacent, you backslide. You begin to slip. You begin to do things you know you shouldn't be doing. And before you know it, you're back in the mess. Can I get an amen? And then things just start crumbling in your life. Because God adds it to you. But when you walk away from God, it gets taken away from you. Not because God did it, because you chose something different. And while we were in worship today, I just felt like this is a word for you guys, that the Lord is going to do this this week, so get ready for it. So get ready for it. I saw that the Lord this week was going to do things by His grace that you don't deserve. And God is going to reveal to you that He loves you more than you think He does. And God is going to show you this week that in spite of your weaknesses, He's going to do things to bless you. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to see it. You're going to see the hand of the Lord. You mark it down on your paper and you let me know next week's Sunday. But God is going to do things to show you His goodness even when you don't think you deserve it. Because He is faithful even when you're unfaithful. He's good all the time. Can we get an Amen. And God is going to shower you in some way this week with His goodness to show you that He loves you. It's coming, guaranteed. Pastor Chris, I was praying over him uh, and uh, Pastor Victory on Wednesday night in our Leaders Connect. And um, they're just, they've had some attacks. You know, when, when you're serving the Lord and you're on the front lines, there's seasons where the enemy comes to attack you. There's seasons where the enemy comes to just Try and hold you back and discourage you, like he was saying. And I, I, when I finished praying over them on Wednesday night, I said, you're going to see that instead of people cursing you and coming against you with their words, from, from tomorrow, you will see that people are going to start praising you and thanking you for the work that you had done. And when he got up on the stage this morning, he said some random guy met him in the parking lot and just told him, he encouraged him, keep doing what you're doing, keep moving forward. And he walked up to me afterwards and he said, that's what you prayed over me and God is starting to do it. And I'm here to tell you, God is going to bless you this week. He's going he's to bless you in a way that you were not expecting it. You're thinking you don't deserve it. But he says, I love you and my goodness is coming upon you. And you will see his hand in this week in the mighty name of Jesus. You will realize that God loves you in spite of your flaws. Hallelujah. All right. Let's deal with one more thing today. Say, I'm a spirit. I'm supposed to walk in the spirit. If I walk in the spirit, I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And you can read, you can do it in your own time at home. You can go read uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24, 25, and you will see the fruits of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and you will see the fruits of the Spirit. And when you walk in the Spirit, you'll have the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, faithfulness, and you'll have self-control. It, it is God's presence in you that gives you the ability to do those things naturally. I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not trying to be patient. I am patient. Why? Because I've got the Holy Ghost and patience is in me. You've got to stop trying to do it and be it. Can we get an amen? amen? Just be it. He's in you, and you just got to yield to Him. Know who's in you. Say, there is no separation 
between me and the Lord. There's nothing separating you from Him. Jesus broke the power of sin. I said this in our kickstart this morning in our foundations class for understanding salvation and what you've received. The day that you believe in Jesus Christ and you accept Him as your Lord and you bow your knee to Him as Savior and you get the Holy Ghost, you know what happens to you? You're baptized and you get the Holy Ghost. You know what happens to you? You are forgiven. You are holy. You are saved. You are perfect. God remembers your sin no more. The old man has died. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. God does not remember your sin. And He blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It's already yours. And you have access to His presence through the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. It's all been done. Look at somebody and say, it's finished. You cannot earn salvation. It's not a good works program that if I'm good, I get it. No, it's been given unto you. It's available to you. That's why when you have the cracker and the juice, you remember what Jesus did for you. It's a free gift. You cannot earn it. Can I get an amen? And so when you're struggling with something, you have access through the blood into the presence of God before the throne room of grace to receive mercy in your time of need. Mercy is the ability to provide whatever you need to help you overcome whatever you're facing. And so you are complete in Christ. The problem is your mind doesn't tell you what God tells you. And the enemy doesn't tell you what God tells you. It's opposite. And the flesh resists the things of the Spirit. And family, uh, Romans chapter 12 talks about renewing the mind. And we have to renew our minds to who we are in Christ. And we've got to forget about who we are in the flesh. We have a new identity. And there's a transforming of your mind, the spirit of your mind that gets transformed when you get into the Word of God, when you get into the presence of God and God speaks to you. The Word comes alive in you and it changes your DNA. You get transformed by living Word that comes from the mouth of God. It gets imparted into your spirit and you change. And that's the only way to break strongholds in the mind. Do you know there are good strongholds and bad strongholds? They are things that you've learned and been taught that are lies that you've practiced and become part of you that you think is normal, but they produce death. And you don't understand why you keep going through the cycle around and around again and just having the same mistakes over and over again. You're blind to it. But I tell you, the power of God comes to break you free from that cycle. He breaks you free from being under the law of sin and death. And He brings you out of the curse into the blessing of God. Look at the person next to you. Say, the law of gravity is not a respecter of persons. And it works for every single person. Is that true? Is anybody in here immune to the law of gravity? No. And so the law of sin and death, when you're under the curse, you're cursed. But I tell you, when you get raised from the dead and you come under the blessing, then you're blessed. And just like the curse keeps you under, the blessing starts promoting you and lifting you up. Your life can never stay the same if you truly get God in your life. If God comes into your life, your life will only get better from that day forward. Can we get an amen? amen. That's some hope for you. All right, so I had this encounter. Let me say this too while I'm at it. The reason I have these moments where God shows me things that I call encounters is because I need it for my job. 
Look at the person next to you. Say, he has a function. And God teaches him things by the Spirit so he can do his job. Right? You have a job in the Spirit. You need to be spiritually employed and get your job. You need to get spiritually employed because when you work for the Lord, when you begin to serve Him with your gifts and graces, God will show you how to do your job by the Spirit to be a blessing to people around you. And if you're faithful with the little that God gives you to work in, your gift will expand and it will increase for you. But if you're not faithful with the gift you've been given, it'll never grow in, in its ability to do greater things for the kingdom. Just like if you go to work and you begin to do things you've never done before, you gain a skill and you get promoted. Well, it's the same thing. There comes time for promotion in the natural. Well, when you take the gifting that God has given you and you use it to serve the body of Christ, you grow in that grace. You grow in that ability to eventually lead people and teach people. God will take somebody from the bush in Africa and bless them to the point where they get to do what, they're, what I'm doing in America. It's impossible to do in your own ability, but if God did it for me, He'll do it for you. And so the dream in your heart, the Bible says that He gives you the desires of your heart if you'll delight yourself in the Lord. And there are things that are in your heart that are secret things that you'll never attain by trying to do it in your own strength. But if you'll just surrender your life to God, He'll open those doors and bless you. Amen. All right, so I had this encounter. Let me read you the scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, which says, For the word of God is living and powerful. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And so what God has the ability to do is when God breathes on His Word, His Word has the ability to go into your joints, into your marrow, into your bones. It has the ability to go into your DNA. It even has the ability to go into your soul, into the intention and the motives of your heart. That means God's Word can penetrate any area of your spirit, soul, and body, your mind, will, and emotions, whether it's your blood cells, your DNA, your bone marrow, your lungs, your brain, it doesn't matter. The Word of God, when it is breathed on by the Holy Ghost, becomes living and active, and it can penetrate any part of you. That means God can fix anything that's broken in your life. All you need is one living Word out of the mouth of God, and it'll correct you. It'll fix you. It'll restore you according to God's divine order. Well, I don't know if you're ready for this. And so I was doing a series on this. This is probably years ago now. I don't know. This is a long time ago. And I just took that scripture and I just kept saying it over and over and over again. I just kept meditating on it. The, the word of the Lord is two-edged sword, dividing with Salzburg, joint marrow, judge the enemy of the souls of the heart. Mm. And just keep going. All day, I couldn't get it out of my mind. Kept meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it. And I walked out of my office one day. And I walked into the service while worship was playing. And I was in the back of the church. And while I was just standing there in the presence of the Lord, I had an encounter with the Lord. And I, I closed my eyes. And I was just standing there. And the Lord showed me a white sheet. It was this white sheet in front of me, like one of those sheets that are up there, exactly like that. It was in front of me, and I saw it expand. 
I mean, it went like three times in size. And then in the middle, I saw a zipper. I heard a zipper open. And I went through this zipper, this sheet. And as I'm standing there, it's dark all around me. And I saw a cross, a wooden cross that was on fire coming towards me. And this cross came right up to me and then went into my mind. And as this burning cross went into my mind, I saw the hand of the Lord take the cross and turn it upside down, and it became a flaming sword. And he took the sword and he pushed it into me, right into, into this part of me. It wasn't like, die. It was like a surgical, it was like an operation that the Lord was, it was very gentle. It was like a surgical thing God was doing. And the word of God went into me. And when he pulled it out of me, there was this mass on it that was being consumed by fire. And so what I want you to understand, family, is that you can take the word of God and you can meditate on it and read it over and over and over, mutter it, put it up everywhere, put it on your walls, put it in your car, put it on your phone, put it on, just repeat, meditate on it day and night, do not let it be away from your eyes. Keep, keep focused on it. Keep meditating on one scripture to the point where the scripture breaks open and comes alive on the inside of you, where you have an encounter with the word. Look at the person next to you and tell him, meditate on the word of God until it becomes alive on the inside of you. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you that you can you can begin to learn things and know things by the Spirit. God can do personal deliverance on you just spending time with Him. God wants to change you. He wants to transform you. And He wants to turn you into His Son, into the standard that He has for us. Can we get an amen? And so what's really, really important is the Lord was showing me on that day that He wanted to cleanse my imagination. Because I had been asking my spiritual mom, I said to her, you know, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And I thought my soul included my mind. So I said, why would the scripture repeat mind again? And she said to me, that word mind isn't mind, it's imagination. And I had never thought about surrendering my imagination to the Lord. And we had, I had prayed with her and I was meditating on the scripture and what the Lord did was He showed me this cross coming into me to cleanse my mind, to cleanse my imagination so that I could see in another realm. Look at the person next to you and say, there's things in your imagination that need to be purified so that you can use your imagination as the TV screen for God to show you the things that He's prepared for you. Pastor Chris was talking about being tuned into the channel. You can have the fuzzies where you can't see clearly. But he said, if you get the channel, then the picture's clear. And there's stuff that's on your imagination that are vain imaginations. Things that you think about that you should not be thinking about. There are things that are playing through your imagination that are not songs or they're not videos of who you are in the promised land. They're videos of who you were back in the day. 
And you need the power of God and the fire of God to delete some files out of your hard drive so those videos don't play on the inside of you anymore. So you have room in your imagination and that it's a clear channel for God to speak to you. I don't know if you're all getting what I'm telling you. Your eye ain't seen it, your ear ain't heard it, nor is it entered in the heart of man where God has prepared for those who love Him. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll have dreams, you'll have visions, you'll prophesy. When you get the Holy Ghost, you can know the things that God has prepared for you, the things that He thought about you before you were formed in your mother's womb because you're a spirit and He has a plan for your life. Can I get an amen? It's a good plan to give you a future and a hope. It's not to bring you disaster. Can we get an amen? There is the provision and everything you need for your life, but you can't, you got to stop living by good and evil and you got to start living by the spirit of life and being led by the Holy Ghost, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You got to get into the written word so you can get the rhema word. You got to meditate on that Logos so it can come alive on the inside of you. And family, as you practice His presence, as you begin to search for the Lord, as you take time to spend with Him, He's going to reveal Himself to you. But we've got to have the channel clear. Say clear channel. So stand with me this morning. We're going to burn some stuff out of your brain. So John said this. He said, I'm not worthy to untie Jesus' sandals. He said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You know, baptize Jesus. But he baptized Jesus in water. And then it says, but Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Say fire. fire. And so fire is actually good because fire purifies, right? And um, if you don't have the fire now, you'll get the fire later, a.k.a. hellfire. It's either going to be heaven's fire that purifies or it's hell's fire that punishes. And so we want to invite the fire of God. We want to invite the Holy Spirit to purify us, to cleanse us. So that our hearts are open to receive what God wants to say to us. And we want the Holy Spirit to burn out of you anything that is holding you back from having a personal relationship with the Lord. Anything that's stopping you from hearing His voice clearly. We want to burn out the fuzzies. Can we get an amen? So I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord today if you want prayer. And I'm just going to pray the fire of God to come. So, Heavenly Father, today I thank you. Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Just say this, say, Lord, I surrender my imagination, the screen of my mind, the place where I visualize my fears, my life, my future, my past. And today, Lord, I want it to be a clear channel used for your purposes. And so I give you my imagination. And I ask you, Lord, to use it to show me things to come. Open my eyes so that I can see the good things you've prepared for me. The things that you wrote in my book. Before I was formed in my mother's womb. I want to know your thoughts about me, oh God. I want you to show me 
what you have for me. And so I give you my imagination. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for using it for my selfish lusts. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing the enemy to use my imagination to terrorize me with fear. And today, Lord, I surrender it to you. I ask you to cleanse it with fire. Come and burn out of my imagination everything in there that is a resistance to you. Cleanse the past, Lord. Burn the file, God. Now, I don't know what, you're, what keeps playing in your mind, but just take a moment to tell the Lord what you don't want in there anymore. I don't know what image it is. I don't know what words were spoken. I don't know what trauma hit your life. I don't know what happened, what situation happened that is stuck on repeat. I don't know what words are playing in there. But just tell the Lord, Lord, I am done with this file. I'm done with this video. I'm done with this sound. I'm done with this torment. I'm done with this thing. And if you need to forgive someone, do that now. Somebody hurt you, took advantage of you, abused you, stole from you, disappointed you. Whatever happened, whatever attack of the enemy that has come against you, just forgive them. Say, Father, I choose to forgive. And I release them, Lord. And some of you might say, well, I've already forgiven him. You might have forgiven him, but you never received the healing. Because you didn't get the healing, you didn't deal with the roots of it in the spirit. And so it just comes back. But there's a finishing work that's going to happen concerning this thing today. It's going to be finalized. So Father, now, just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, now, in the name of Jesus. I break it, Lord. It's broken now. I thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke, the bondage. And I command it to loose your mind, your will, and your emotions. Father, I thank you for the fire of God that burns that out of them. Burn it out, God. Delete the file. Quarantine it and burn it, Lord. And Father, I thank you that you consume it with your love. That you are a consuming fire and your love and your jealousy for them to know you comes to destroy the work of the enemy, God. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask now that you would just pour in healing oil into that area of their soul, Lord God. And that you would bring restoration to their emotions, to their will, to their mind. And Father, I thank you now that all the bitterness comes out all the judgment comes out. All the anger comes out. All the hatred comes out. All of the stress comes out of their bodies now. In the name of Jesus. Take a deep breath. And Father, I thank you now that these things are being removed. 
as they've forgiven, Lord God, that it is removed from them, even as our sins have been removed from you, Lord, like it happened to someone else. Lord, that it no longer plays, that it no longer torments. I thank you for freedom today in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the peace of God that floods their heart now. And that settles in Jesus. Say, thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I ask that Holy Spirit, you would come upon him in a fresh way. And that you would open up their hearts and minds to see things through the eyes of faith that they've never seen before. And I give you thanks and I give you praise for the work you're doing in each of us, God. Teach us how to walk in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would teach us how to yield to you and follow you. Lord, I pray that each one would come to know your voice so clearly. And Father, that when they hear you speak, they will obey you instantly. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for the church being raised up to be a light in darkness. Father, I thank you that you give them strategies to speak order into chaos. And Father, every plan that the enemy has to hold them back, I thank you that you're going before us to lead us into victorious battle. And God, I thank you for a church that is pure and that is waiting for you to return. And while we wait, God, I thank you that we're on assignment and we're taking territory for the kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I thank you that this week you're going to bless your people in ways they've never imagined. And that you're going to show them that in spite of their flaws, that you love them and you're good. In Jesus' name. You say amen. amen. You say hallelujah. You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene of shadows.